When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey parents, it's good to have you with us today for the Wonder of Parenting podcast. And we've got a great topic today because it's a listener-generated question. Um, But this question has been asked in a variety of ways. And it has to do with uh, us as parents and our kids and our teachers, and particularly understanding uh, brain science research and all the different data we now have when it comes to how girls learn, how boys learn, behavioral issues, and so on. And so I'm really looking forward to getting Michael's insights on that because he's been working in this area for a long, long time. And uh, first of all, Michael, uh, welcome to the show as always. Ah, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for making it happen. You bet. We want to, as always, thank our sponsors, uh, A Place of Hope, the center up there in uh, the Seattle area, and our good friend, Dr. Greg Jantz. And they work on so many really important issues in life, and uh, they are noted as one of the top 10 centers for treating depression. So if that happens to be an issue or eating disorders or uh, addictions of some sort, and you feel like you need help, uh, check out our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And it's uh, the logo is there, A Place of Hope. And certainly look over some of the resources. Greg writes at least a book a year on these various topics, and he's so prolific in terms of what he is doing in helping people like you uh, and uh, helping us be good parents and and being healthy human beings. So that's our sponsor. And uh, Michael, uh, we get asked questions quite often on our Facebook page and in other ways about the relationship between uh, us as parents, our kids, and our schools. And I want to start out with a very specific question, and then we're going to broaden it, but I think it's a good place to start. This comes from a Heather, who is a new listener, by the way. Uh, She said, just listen to Wonder of Parenting podcast for the first time. I've already shared it with two friends, and we appreciate that. Just let your friends know. So here's her question. I'm curious about Michael's approach with schools regarding changing the way math is taught for girls. Uh, my girl struggles in math now as she's coming to the end of her fourth year or of her school year as a fourth grader. She used to love math, and she naturally loves the sciences, all of them quite truthfully. I would really love to know what I could ask of our school district on behalf of our daughters. And uh, I know that you have done some work in your book, uh, The Minds of Girls, and uh, talking about STEM and some of the things that we can do. And so let's just let's start with her specific question about yeah. uh, helping our teachers help our daughters with math, and then we'll broaden out the conversation. Right. Yeah. So um, the minds of girls uh, is my my latest book, very recent, and I have two different sections in that book. So for any parent listening to this who is having this issue with girls in math or boys in math in school, um, uh, I've got two sections that give bulleted strategies that both parents and teachers can use to improve this and to help to help these girls not to lose their their actual early love of math by math being taught in classrooms in ways that are not 
actually a fit for the way they're processing, or at least not a, uh, a full fit for the way they're processing. So just know the minds of girls is there. Some of the strategies uh, involve using more spatials and manipulatives, doing more things kinesthetically, uh, uh, also having them talk out how they're getting from A to B to C, um, talk it out and, and write it out in a sort of journalistic way so that that can help trigger verbal centers in their brains to help their, that, that the particular parts of the brain that do math. Uh, there are particular parts of the brain, like the inferior parietal lobule, the IPL. It's um, a part of the brain sort of near the top that where a lot of math is done. And, and, what, and, and this will segue us kind of into the larger conversation. So what parents kind of start to sense as kids are going through classes, math, English, social studies, I mean, whatever the class, science, parents start to sense, okay, wait a minute, I don't think this teacher has received training in how to actually teach this subject to the brain of my child. And, um, and, and some, some parents, you know, no matter what the teacher does, the parents won't be satisfied. But, and there are those parents, and I, you know, always saying to them, hey, you gotta back off a little and trust the teacher, the teacher's real smart at this. Um, but in some cases, like I possibly in this case, especially if the child used to love math, uh, that teacher may not have gotten training in neuroscience, uh, the neuroscience of math, um, and the way that the specifically the male and the female brain acquire and process math knowledge differently. And if the teacher has not gotten that training, then there's you know there's very little a parent can do except to try to help this teacher and this school system to receive that training, because the male and the female brain um, do math somewhat differently. And, and, you know, we've known this for decades. I mean, for decades, we've been saying to people, you know, um, uh, look at the way, look at what parts of the brain light up when a male does math and a female does math. Some are the same, but some are different. And um, we got to deal with that. And we got to help teachers to see those scans and understand that so that they can uh, be using these strategies with girls, more kinesthetic, more verbal, um, less formulaic initially, uh, you know, these various strategies. But if the teachers haven't been trained in this, they have a double whammy against them. And the parent feels the double whammy. Whammy one is they haven't been trained in the way these strategies work for teaching math, you know, just as effectively, just as for teacher effectiveness. And then two, they have not been trained in female brain and math. And there are a lot of political reasons perhaps for that, that they didn't get that training that we can talk about. Um, they didn't get it. So not only are they perhaps not teaching math as effectively as they could for a fourth grader, but they may not be teaching it as effectively as they can for a girl. So let's let's talk big picture, and then that will help us get back to uh, Heather's question. Um, I think there is a sense, and, and you have certainly, I've seen this when you've done your workshops and you have teachers raise their hands. How many of you were trained in brain science research? And you maybe get a hand. Uh, and, and that's even a lot in, in some of your seminars. So teachers are not necessarily being trained in brain science research, how kids learn, how the boy's brain learns, how the girl's brain works. Um, give us a little background on why that is, and then we'll look at some strategies to kind of help with the particular schools that we care about. Yeah, it is interesting that in the psychiatric psychology profession, you know, us as therapists, counselors, etc., uh, and then in the education profession, 
uh, so teachers, administrators, counselors, that these are two professions that are all about the brain, right? They're all about, in the case of the, the psychology profession, about treating the brain, and in the education profession, about training the brain, uh, teaching the brain. But there's, they are professions that get very little training in the brain. And things stay, the training, a lot of the training is amorphous, sort of, and, and, and a lot of it's sociological. So it's opinions about ideologies and what they think is right or wrong ideologically, but not getting the um, training in the brain. And we are seeing some headway in this, in that, in that for instance, teachers uh, are getting more training when they are getting their certification and when they get their uh, or if they get MEDs, uh, they're they're getting some more training in the brain. They're hearing about neuroplasticity. They're you know a little bit more uh, neuroplasticity being the fact that there are ways to get certain. I mean, it's mainly about synapses connections and to reroute synapses. But there are even ways in memory center hippocampus to create new cells. It's rare, but it can happen. So neuroplasticity, they're learning more about, um, and that's good. But even if they're learning more about that, they're not learning enough. And they say that when they go through our seminars, they all say, oh, my gosh. And they, you know, almost all of them say, and you've heard them say it because we've done some of these together. They'll say, oh, I wish I had this 20 years ago, or I wish I knew this 30 years ago, or I wish I knew this five years ago, you know, when I started teaching. Um, uh, So they're not getting enough about the brain itself, and then they're not getting enough about male and female brain. So even if they're getting some about neuroplasticity, there are so many political ideological reasons that universities and the academic world is staying away from teaching them about male and female brain. And uh, so these poor teachers, they're great people, but they come into these classrooms and and they're set up for parents being angry at them and for, for some kids not doing well. And we want to remember there's tends to be three three groups of kids. There's the kids who can learn anywhere, anytime. They just are great at learning. Um, then there's the kids who are are gonna, you know, they're gonna be able to learn with A, B, and C being done. They're gonna learn pretty pretty well to teacher effectiveness. Good setup for them. Good structure for them. You know, uh, but then there's about a third of kids who who uh, are boy girl. They're not they're not gonna learn well and perform well and behave well and succeed in school well unless. They are really understood as male brain and female brain because they have male brains and female brains and they need help. And for girls in the STEM area, um, math specifically, they can do fine at getting good grades after a certain point. They kind of learn, okay, so I'll ask for extra credit. Here's what I'll do. I'll do all these things. I'll do two hours of homework and I'll be able to get that B or A grade. Um, But they aren't really, really learning math well. And so then that hits us later because then they don't want to be in professions we would like them to be in and have the opportunity for. Um, or even with grades, they, they're, they're getting C's, D's, and F's because they, their brain is just not uh, being taught by the teacher in a way that fits math for that brain. So what I worry about is that third, that one third, which means tens of millions of students, and, and Heather's daughter may be in that one third in math, and they need to have the training. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. 
and it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hanna quality for your most precious gift. Hanna soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now, this may be overstating the issue, but um, STEM tends to be one of those areas where the education system uh, does not work well for a lot of girls, but most of the other education system doesn't work really well for our boys right now. Uh, again, I know I'm overstating, uh, but talk- no, that's statistically accurate. That's oh, good. Accurate well, then I'm not overstating. Good. Yeah. So, no, no. so this isn't only an issue for Heather and her daughter when it comes to math, but this is a larger issue for boys in almost every other area of education. And um, I think we're we're all we all know that parent uh, who uh, you know as soon as that parent walks in the door, the teacher rolls his eyes or more often than not her eyes uh, and says, "Here we go again." And none of us want to be that parent because we we want to have a good relationship with our teachers. We want to have a good relationship with uh, the principal and so on, and we want to be helpful. Uh, and I know part of your training with educators gives some very, very simple, practical ways that they can make a huge difference. And a lot of times when schools play better to the boy brain, the girls' grades go up as well. So right. you're, doing, you're doing a lot of really good work addressing some of these issues that Heather and many of our listeners are raising about working with teachers. So let's say you're Heather or you're Michael at this point. You're concerned about your son. You're concerned about your daughter. What are some positive, proactive ways that that you would recommend going to teachers or a school district, um, a a principal, and, and just trying to say, you know, there are some really good resources out there for helping boys in education who are falling behind, helping girls in STEM who are falling behind. Um, would you consider these? What's the best way to approach yeah. people with that? Yeah. Well, I would say first thing to do is um, uh, go to gurianinstitute.com and really spend time on that on that web website. So maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour going through all the various links and seeing what this is about and seeing the success data, you know, seeing what happens to uh, girls' test scores uh, in classrooms where the teachers get this training, what happens to boys' test scores? What happens to discipline referrals in these schools? Um, you know, so what happens to and what happens to math grades? What happens to to literacy grades, language arts grades? So really look at it. Look at all the data on all the schools that have done this this training, and and get briefed on the data that way, and process it, and then talk to you know the people around you because if Heather is having this issue. Uh, there are other parents in that classroom, and in, and in that classroom, maybe it'll be parents of one or two boys, but maybe four or five girls who are having issues with the way that this teacher 
is teaching math and these kids who liked math are not now not liking math and in fourth grade you should still like it you know that would be a pedagogical goal that kids are going to like this uh because i'm teaching it so well they're going to like it so um start with the website then start talking to some other parents and find out what's going on with others if your child if heather's child is the only one having trouble in this class okay that's good information to have so so that means we can really focus on Heather's child. There's something going on with Heather's child. But if if I'm guessing correctly, and there's four or five other girls, classroom of 30, let's say, four or five other girls, one, one or two boys um, in that math class, then let's link up with those other parents because we, we need to form a parent-led team, I call it. And let's start practicing, rehearsing. What is our language going to be? Um, what are we going to say to administrators so that we remain positive, as you've indicated, so we're not attacking, you know, not that kind of thing. But we have neuroscience with us. We have this data because, of course, administrators have to be data driven um, because school systems are data driven. So we have this look at this. And then uh, before going in or while you're in this process, get either in this case for the STEM, get um, minds of girls. That would be the one to get and then get briefed on all the strategies and all the different uh, meta thinking on how to teach math to these age girls. Um, if you're looking at um, issues with boys, you know, get saving our sons, which has all that, all the language you can use to approach. I have some other books, the minds of boys. Of course, I have wonder of girls or some other books, but if you had to pick something right now, I would go with minds of girls or saving our sons. If you want something on both boys and girls, then get boys and girls learn differently. So study these books together, do a parental book study uh, while you're developing your pitch. And um, and then, then you've got what you need and you go in as a team, a parent-led team, and you go talk to the administrators and, and say, okay, now look, here all of us, this problem is occurring. And and there's this, this programming out there you may not have known about. And, and you know, I want to be humble and say, I mean, a lot of teachers a lot of schools don't know about what we do a lot do i'm thankful for that but a lot don't so you may not know about this look at this we look at this website here i printed this off for you uh we really care and if it's a funding issue we'll talk to pto about trying to fund this you know uh or help fund it but title one funds work you know because all the funds work for it and can we bring this to our school uh and what will often happen is the, the administrators will go, hmm, okay, let me disaggregate the data. Let me get someone to look in the data, uh, which is all, by the way, public in, in public school districts. And let's look at the data and see what is going on. And let's disaggregate it for gender. So that's a term that a listener wants to write down and use when you talk to administrators. If they have not disaggregated their data for gender yet, it'd be good for them to do that. Um, that data will be of grades, test scores, et cetera, that's all inside the school system that's already kept in a data bank. Um, and by the way, smart, savvy parents, at, before they even walk in, if they're good at tech, you can go in uh, into your public school system and you can disaggregate the data. You're going to need some smarts and some tech skills, but you can disaggregate the data. And that gives you an even better leg up when you go talk to the administrator or when you email the pitch and then go talk to the administrator because you have the data and you can see, okay, look at the grades of these girls, look at the grades of these boys, look at the test scores, you know, um, something's going on here and there are ways to solve this. Um, and so that's, that's I can say from experience, we've been 
doing this 23 years in schools. From experience, this is a common practice. Parents seeing an issue like this, forming a parent-led team, getting well-briefed, developing a pitch, going into the schools, school district, school uh, administrators, and then, you know, kind of working with them, got to go back to them, got to repeat and working with them. And, and if they can help with funding and if the teachers and the administrators see the funding source, then they can get the professional development to come in or they can have the teachers take the online courses. And there's all these ways that don't cost very much. And what parents and, and teachers don't realize, last thing I'll say here, is that, that to get a new, so what often happens with math or literacy is that someone convinces the school district, everything's going to change if you get our curriculum. So here's our new math curriculum that's been put out by university such and such. And by the way, it could be great. But here's our new math curriculum. For you to use this curriculum, it is going to cost you a million dollars. So, you know, it is going to cost you $500,000, but it's going to solve issues you're having. And it's going to be the newest thing and the best thing. And so they spend 500 or a million dollars on this new curriculum and get everyone trained to this curriculum. And it's, it's good, uh, but it still doesn't solve the problems because the problems are the teacher's not being trained in how to teach math to these kids, and the curriculum doesn't matter much. They still need the training. So this kind of training, it's neuroscience-based, and, and it costs very little. Uh, so that's another plus to it, and that's a good part of the pitch. And all the pricing of everything is on our website. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And, and we're big advocates for teachers. We, we both love teachers. So this isn't about teachers so much as the kind of training or lack thereof that our teachers receive. And Right. You know, to be fair to our teachers, they've got sometimes 30 kids in their classroom, all of them at different levels. But the one common denominator that can really be helpful for teachers, as I've been hanging out with you for the last 12 years, is if they have a better understanding of how boys learn, how girls learn, uh, it can make all the difference in the world. And it, the curriculum doesn't matter. It's how they teach it and the process they use. Um, and so we're, we're big advocates for teachers, and that's why we're talking about them yeah. today. But a lot of them just don't have this information. And so what we're trying to talk about uh, today is how do we get it to them. Uh, let me give you a couple stories of what we've done. Um, and this is uh, now this was done out of our church in a lot of ways, but it was generated by me in part because of my work with Michael. And because in our particular congregation, we have a lot of educators. And uh, so I'm a big fan of our educators. And we've done some different things in our faith community with the public schools. Now, it's not a faith initiative, but just because we love our teachers. Um, so every year at the beginning of the school year, we'll, give our, we'll have all of our teachers come up front uh, and um, we'll honor our teachers. And one year we gave each of them a copy of Michael's book, Boys and Girls Learn Differently. And um, it was just a simple way to get into the hands of the teachers. They're the front, uh, front line, so to speak. Uh, this information. Uh, one year early on in my relationship with Michael, our church actually brought Michael in 
to do an in-service day with the school that we were uh, close to and had a relationship with. And so we paid for that out of our church funds to bring Michael in for a day and spend three, four hours with these teachers training them. And uh, so if you're a part of some sort of organization uh, that has some resources available to you and, and has entree into the lives of teachers or your school district or a school, uh, there are some things that you can do just as a gift to give to them uh, and say, this stuff has been really helpful, and I hope it's helpful for you. And uh, I want to toot Michael's horn a little bit. Uh, if you ever have the opportunity to bring Michael in uh, to a school district or a school for the day uh, and have him or one of the Gurian trainers come in and just train on this, um, I have been to enough of these uh, to see that these are days that are filled with all kinds of aha moments for the teachers. And it's implement stuff now. It's not something where you got to go home and you have to put a committee together and you got to figure out how to do it. You go back the next day to your classroom and you've got five or six practical strategies immediately that you can put into place without changing any curriculum to help the teachers help our kids. And uh, so there are some things that we can do, particularly those of you now who have been listening for a while to the podcast, you're, you're getting into the brain science lingo. There's some things we can do to introduce our teachers to uh, all of these good kind of things. Oh, yeah. And thank you for saying that. I, I, I'm humbled and appreciate what you said. <laughs> so We certainly support teachers and want to give them every asset that they we, should have. We do. And again, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit some of the ideological and uh, even political pressures uh, that these teachers have nothing to do with. It comes more from the, the institutions where they're being trained as teachers. And some of the fear, to put it simply, is this fear that if you teach brain science, then we're, we're losing a sense of equality. Um, and, uh, you know, what, the, the strong nuance is that boys and girls are different, but they're equal. And it's the differences that are important. It's the equality that's important. And so some of those ideologies can get in the way of teaching our teachers how to really teach our boys and our girls. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing is that, you know, parents are wonderful, kids are wonderful, teachers are wonderful, administrators are wonderful. We're all, you know, we're all just really good people trying our best. Um, but ideologies have a lot of sway. And in the academic world, which is where teachers get their training, uh, as you've indicated, the academic world has the pendulum has swung in the last 40 to 50 years in the academic world it swung uh, i would argue actually it's been swinging away from equity and toward ideology but but the language that's used ideologically is the language of equity so so what folks will say who don't want brain science taught to teachers or don't want teachers to to pay attention to male female brain difference and you know to accommodate male female brain difference in their teaching those people will say well it's going to create inequality but actually the opposite is true um and and it's why we have phrases like girls and stem right our society at some level understands that girls have particular issues with certain kinds of stem learning and um uh, and it's really more in technology engineering, and then it's then the kind of advanced math that will lead to those careers. Because uh, girls can get just as good grades, again, as boys in, in math, because they do all these other things to get those grades. Um, but you have a higher likelihood in male brain of having more of these um, math genius type males. And, and if the boys are engaged learners, you tend to have less issues 
among boys in STEM. And so we don't talk as much about boys in STEM. We talk about girls in STEM because we all know there's something going on there. And all of us who had girls, I have two daughters, both of my daughters had issues in math. And I was going to their teachers and trying to help them to understand female brain and math. And and so we get it that, that there's something going on. But in the academic world, they're able to say girls in STEM, but they're not able to say, oh, there is a girl brain too, you know, that we have to talk about uh, because they think that equity will will be diminished by talking about the brain. And they're just wrong, you know? I mean, we have decades of, of experience, as our website shows, of teaching teachers about this, and it only increases the test scores of girls and boys. It only creates more equity for girls. But this ideology has swung so far into this this kind of bizarre anti-brain, or at least anti-male-female brain stuff, that, um, uh, you know, we. I'm just glad that we kind of represent, the Green Institute and some of our colleagues sort of represent a push against this, what we consider kind of a, a wrong ideology, push against it. And we're just lucky that we understand the science so that when these ideologues say what they say, we can always say, hey, I get that you're an ideologue, but let's deal with the science. And here's what applied science is doing. And, and of course, these, there are a few ideologues who are neuroscientists or they have trained in neuroscience. They're not actually doing scans, but they have PhDs in neuroscience. And there's like four or five of them and they go out and they say, no, 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 no. Remember, if I'm a neuroscientist and if you teach brain science, it's gonna harm girls, right? Um, and so anyone can say anything, but these are not people who are actually doing the work. They're, they're just you know writing their meta-analyses to push their ideology. And uh, they're not actually uh, doing studies in schools or doing implementations in schools and showing how wonderful the equity can be once we get this training in there. So anyone listening to this, you may be caught without you realizing it in this battle. And luckily, the science is on the side of what we're doing. And so is the data. Uh, You know, we have all these 23 years of data to show the efficacy of what we're doing. Yeah, so as you stated, the irony is uh, the ideologues don't want to teach brain science uh, because they're afraid it will create inequity, but because they aren't teaching it, it has created inequity. It continues. The inequity yeah. continues. Yeah, and it's, in, it's, it's for the girls, particularly in STEM, and it's for the boys in almost every other area of education. And, um, uh, and at the same time, uh, I do want to say again, I have been to enough of these with Michael over the last 12 years that very, very rarely will any teacher raise any kind of ideological objection to what Michael is teaching. Because when they see the science and then they think about their classrooms, it, it just everything clicks into place. They said, of course, yes, that's why. This right. is what I can do. And, um, and no teacher walks away saying, oh, my girls are going to lose now because of this or boys are going to lose because of this. You've got all the data to say boys and girls win when we teach brain science, uh, male-female brain science. And uh, that's why it's so very, very important. And that's why I think these uh, people like Heather and those on our Facebook page and others are asking this question. How do we get to our teachers? And so I would say in the end, we've given you some strategies to think about. But in the end, I think your teachers are open to this information. And uh, it all comes down to building a really good relationship with them. And letting them know that you're on their side. Uh, you're not trying to say you're a bad teacher. 
uh, and none of us are trying to do that. But just we're, we're on your side. We're in this together. Here's some information that we have uh, that I've learned that can really help teachers. It has in school districts across the country. And I have a particular concern about my son or my daughter. I think this would help him. And here's my gift to you, a book or whatever you might do. And uh, so you're the agents of change. And if your, your teachers can't know what they don't know, so uh, when we help them know what they can know, uh, we're really opening up some new doors for them and for all the students who will pass through their doors in the months and years to come. Uh, Michael, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about Patreon and, um, again, once uh, how, how people can access that. Yeah, if uh, you go to wonderofparenting.com, luckily we have everything there, so you just go there, and then all the links are there, wonderofparenting.com. And one of the links takes you to our Gurian community, and um, it links over to Patreon, and you can donate $10 a month, or just donate $10 one time. Uh, and you get, but every month you get video clips from me that are specific to just for members, you know, there. Uh, you get access to the Gurian community, you get access to the parent online course, you can look at that. You get the Dad Matters um, a ebook from Tim for your first $10 donation, uh, and, and uh, you know, all sorts of other good stuff, and it's all listed there. So it's kind of an amazing amount for $10. And you also help us to keep this podcast going because there are costs for this. So you help us to keep that going. It's kind of like an NPR or PBS thing of saying, hey, will you pledge a little? Uh, But we're also giving you a bunch of stuff. So go to wonderofparenting.com and click all those links. And our commitment to you as listeners is we want to make sure that uh, we're providing value as much as we possibly can for you. And uh, so toward that end, we're grateful that we've got uh, a sponsor uh, who helps us uh, with some of our costs, the the folks up there at the Center of Place of Hope in the Seattle area who deal with all kinds of different emotional issues and and addiction issues. So please check them out, too. You can do that through our uh, wonderofparenting.com page. And we're looking forward to being with you again for our next episode. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up, more good questions in the queue. If you've got a question, go to wonderofparenting.com and enter that in the submission page, and we'll get to it as soon as we can. Michael, thank you so much for your insights. Hey, thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.